0: Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let's start in verse 9. Remember we talked two weeks ago about, about the idea, what are we going to wear? What are we going to put on? And we really need to dress for success when it comes to the spiritual things. And I, I was talking with someone about this too, and, and, and the fact of the matter is that you, you know, it's very difficult to wear two sets of clothes. How many of you ever tried to do that? It's kind of hard, isn't it? You, you, you put another set of clothes on top of the other clothes and uh, it's difficult. And that's why he says here in verse 9, he says, since in the middle of verse 9, Colossians chapter 3, you have taken off your old self with its practices, practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So there's a, there's a getting rid of the old and then putting on the new. It's like a process that we need to do. And as, as uh, I said last time, that you know, it's a choice that we make, and it's not our own strength, but it's by the power of God to put on what God's given to us, to put on the, the fruits of the Spirit. Look at verse 12. He said, As God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He said, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. He wants us to put on the new clothes. It's not easy because it's not really what we, our default is. But we, as it says in Galatians, to keep in step with the Spirit of God, and it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. And so continually for us to be uh, in contact and communion with God, saying, God, you've got to help me here. I, I, I want to walk in your ways. I want to do what you want. I want to put on what you've given me to put on the new man, the new self, the new way. God, help us. That's the, that should be continually the cry of our heart. God, help us. God, help us. When we start to think, I got this together, then we're, we haven't clothed ourselves with humility. So today, did, I want to ask you the question, did you ever hear someone say, or maybe you said it yourself, I just don't have a piece about that. I just don't have a piece about it. How many of you ever heard someone else say that? Or maybe you said it, I just don't have a piece about. I just don't have a piece about it. And and so what in the world are you talking about or what in the world are they talking about when you have heard someone say that? I don't have a piece about that. You know, it really has to do with a decision or a direction or a certain issue that maybe we're thinking about. We're going to talk about that today. I want to ask you one more question. How many of you like umpires? How many of you like sports? If you like sports, how many of you like the umpires? Not many. Interesting. You got the guy behind the plate, you got the guy that's out in the field. But what would happen when there's no umpire? You get some problems happening. And why is that? Why do we need the umpires? The truth is we can't trust ourselves. And you get players on the field and you've got a lot of different things going on there, a lot of competitive um, nature, and you've got a lot of stuff going on. You can't trust these people. So you have to have an umpire. Fortunately, today we have instant replay and the umpire can go over and see what's going on. We'll, we'll talk more about that too. I want you to think about that. though. Look at verse 15, chapter 3. He says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. We're going to look at verse 15 today. We're going to tie it into verse 16 a little bit. But there is one thing that I don't know if you noticed. There's one thing that's in all three of those verses. anybody catch that as we read those three verses? One thing in all three verses. Giving thanks. There you go extra donut for that man oh no donuts today sorry all three verses have that be thankful gratitude and then giving thanks in verse 17 but we're not talking about that today we're talking about the peace he says let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and we're going to look at that verse let's break it down a little bit the first verse uh, the first word in the verse he says let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And, and what does that mean when he says let to you and to me? It means that we have a choice and we either choose to let it or not let it. And so when we need to know the way, when we need to know what to do, where do we turn? What are we looking for? What are we asking? And, and we need to, to, to know that the peace of Christ is there. The peace of God is there. Let me ask you another question. Isn't it true that the peace of Christ isn't always ruling in our hearts? Isn't that true? Is that a true statement? The peace of Christ isn't always ruling in our hearts. So, what is? What is ruling? All kinds of stuff, huh? Our own feelings. And we're going to talk a little bit about, about that in a, in a minute. Maybe the situation's kind of in control or the pressure from those around us, the pressure from ourselves, the agenda of the world. Lots of things can be ruling in our hearts. But what he's saying here is that we need to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Meaning that he wants to, so we need to let him. He wants to give us that direction, that guidance, that peace, but we need to let him do it. All kinds of reasons why we don't let him. Again, what we mentioned earlier, you know, I think, well, I got this in control. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in in your hearts. And and I'm thinking about this word peace and And, uh, you know, I I found one definition said this, a total well-being and inner rest of spirit in fellowship with God. A total well-being and inner rest of spirit in fellowship with God. So the peace that he's talking about here, it comes from God. It's a peace that comes from God and not from ourselves. It happens deep within us. It's a... It, it, as we saw in the book of Philippians, it's a peace that passes all understanding. So, is it just like a feeling that you get? You know what? It is not just a feeling. Now, feelings might go along with it, but it's really almost like a sixth sense in, in a way. It's you know beyond just what you can see, feel, hear, touch, smell, all that. There's something deep within that you got, you got this this peace that comes from God, this peace of Christ. And he says here that, that this peace is to rule, to be in charge in our hearts. That's why I asked you about the umpire, because this word for rule is actually uh, an athletic term, which means to act as umpire. really means that to let the peace of God, the peace of Christ rule, to be in charge, to act as an umpire in our hearts. Again, when I asked you if you liked umpires, like hardly anybody raised your hands. So there's kind of a little conflict there, isn't there? He's saying, let, the, let this peace be the umpire. And we going, well, I don't really like umpires. Well, isn't that part of our submission and, and, and our, our letting God? be God in our lives? Let the peace of God be the umpire in our hearts. One man said this, if the peace of Jesus Christ is the umpire in any man's heart, then when feelings clash, and they do, we know that, and we are pulled in two directions at the same time, the decision of Christ will keep us in the way of love. And the church will remain the one body it is meant to be. The way to right action is to appoint Jesus Christ as the arbiter between the conflicting emotions in our hearts. And if we accept his decisions, we cannot go wrong. We won't go wrong if we let him be the judge, the umpire, the arbiter, the one that makes the final call. That's what the the umpire does. He makes the final call. Well, one guy's saying this, the other guy's saying that. And we have feelings within us, and they're all conflicting and clashing and all this stuff. But we need the peace of Jesus, the peace of God to make the call. So having said all that, well, how do we get it? How do we get it? How do we get that peace? Do we sign up for it? Fill out a card. How do we get it? Well, we got to go back to what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let's turn back there. Just a couple of pages. We studied this not that long ago. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present, your request to God. And verse 7 the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How do we get it? It comes through prayer. When we're facing the trials of this life, you know, as we do, day after day after day, do we stop and we pray? Stop and pray. That's what he says by prayer, petition, requests. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. When we let him be the umpire, when we let him take control, when we let him make the final decision. It's all about him, isn't it? We sang about that this morning. Jesus, it's all about you. But do we really allow that to happen in our lives and deep within our hearts? Do we really let him be the one in charge? We, we say Jesus is Lord and we say the words very easily, but is he really Lord inside of me? Is he really the one that I obey and listen to and follow? He wants to give it to us. Let's turn back to John chapter 14. John, the Gospel of John chapter 14. John 14. Let the peace of God of Christ rule. In your hearts. John 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, he's got a peace that, that, that passes understanding, a peace that is not like what the world gives. The world says peace means such and such. It means there's no conflict, no trouble. Well, if you're going to wait until you have no conflict, no trouble, no problems or whatever, you're never, ever going to have peace, I'm afraid to tell you. But Jesus says not as the world gives. Look at chapter 16 of John, verse 33. John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have, what? Peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world, in this world, you will have trouble. And that word, that word trouble means pressure, pushing down, trial, trouble. Tribulation. He says, but in me, you can have peace. It's all about Jesus, like I said. There was a, a Peanuts cartoon that said that, that Lucy said to Charlie Brown, I hate everything. I hate everybody. I hate the whole wide world. And Charlie says, but I thought you had inner peace. She says, I do, but I still have outer obnoxiousness. we got something deep within, but there's still a lot of obnoxiousness all around us. And sometimes it even comes from us. Mm. It doesn't mean absence of trouble. You know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot this week. And like everything is going wrong that can go wrong. And, but he's saying, let the peace of God, the peace of Christ rule in your hearts no matter. Does that mean that it all stops and everything is cool? And No. It's going on in the middle of all that. It's like, I remember somebody described a long, long time ago, you know, a different painting where, you know, you've got this person who is, you know, in the middle of a field and it's a beautiful sunny day and everything is is just absolutely perfect and that's a picture of peace. But then you have another painting where you see a little uh, bird and he's in the middle of a radical storm going all around him, but in the middle of the storm he's got peace. I think that's more close to the reality of what we face. Don't you? Mm -hmm. Have peace in the middle of the storm. Peace that comes from Jesus Christ. In me, you may have peace. How about back one book to Luke chapter 24? Luke chapter 24. This is kind of a... Interesting passage, maybe even humorous in some ways. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. Standing with all of his disciples now, he, he says, it says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and he said to them, peace be with you. Now, I don't think it, it gets any better than that. When Jesus himself is right there, and he physically is there, he says, peace be with you. He's already risen from the dead, defeated, death and sin. And he says, peace be with you. I mean, you you'd say, well, man, after that, they were just, would just be on cloud nine, right? They would just be incredible, incredible. I'm just going to be like, well, look what happens. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, "Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have." And he, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still still did not believe, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he goes on, and they give him some food, and he eats with them. Sometimes even even the peace that comes from God, we, we're kind of like confused. We don't understand it. it. It it even startles us and frightens us. Well, how can you have peace in the middle of all this? Well, I don't know. It's because it's a peace that passes understanding. It's not the peace that makes everything go away. It's a peace in the middle where Jesus is right there. It's not a ghost. It's a reality, but, but part of it is, is that you and I need to really get to know Jesus in a, in a very real and a personal way. So we, when we see him, we're not going to go, whoa, who are you? Mm. Notice it gets back to the cross, doesn't it? Look at my hands and my feet. We're going to have communion in just a few minutes. It gets back to the cross. Look at my hands and my feet. Peace be with you. I believe that he's still saying that today. To you and to me, peace be with you. Because the word of God says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it be the umpire. Let it be in charge. So he's saying to you and me today, peace be with you. His peace. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. But do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. My peace I give to you. So let's get back to that statement for a minute where we say, I don't have a peace about that. I don't have a peace about that. I think there's some confusion. I hear people use the terminology, but I think we need to understand that we're talking about a peace from God. But so often we just say it so easily and quickly, but really what it's saying is, is a, I don't personally feel good. We've got to be careful when we use those words. I don't have a peace from God is very different than I don't have a peace about that. Or I have peace from God about this, even though that still small voice where God is speaking, where God is giving that peace, or, or He's giving us that uneasiness, that it comes from Him, though. And again, how do we discern? We pray. We pray. How do we know? When we, you know, years and years ago, when we moved from Rhode Island to Connecticut, we thought that was the right way to go. But, you know, I had in my heart, I had a real uneasiness. I think that was what God was saying. Because we got over there and we go, wow, what, are we, what in the world did we do? Yeah, did God use it all? Yes, he did. We went over there for about a year or a little over a year and we came back because we were never supposed to leave in my estimation I didn't have a peace about I didn't have a peace from God about it but we went anyways How many times do we do that We stubbornly do it despite the fact that we have a peace to do the right thing and a and no peace to do the wrong thing and we go and do it anyways The wisdom, Proverbs talks about the wisdom of, of discerning, is it from God or is it just from me? People say, you know, I, I don't have a peace about that. You know, it could be the truth from God. It could be the peace or the uneasiness, the lack of peace from God. that You shouldn't do it. I don't have a peace about it. But sometimes, we, honestly, we just use it as a cop-out. Oh, I don't have a peace about that. And so it's a cop-out. So I, I don't have to do it. I don't have to go. I don't have to be. I don't have to do what, I, what really God is maybe you know, urging us to do. I don't have a peace about that. And we miss out. What we're really saying is I don't want to or it's not comfortable and it's not easy. Just having a peace from God about it, does that mean it's going to be an easy thing to do? That's ridiculous to think that. I remember uh, I, I didn't have a job. I was newly married to my first wife. And, uh, you know, I needed a job. And someone said to me, uh, go down here. There's, this, there's a gentleman that we both knew. Go down here and apply for a job. And I, and I kind of held, held back. And there was something I just didn't, I didn't think it was the right thing, personally. And so I use those words. Well, I don't have a piece about that. And finally, this, this friend, he kind of um, spiritually, you could say, sort of kicked me in the rear and said, what are you doing? You've got no job. You're acting, you know, get on down there and apply for a job. <laughs> I said, okay. So I went down and I applied for a job. And guess what? They gave me the job, and you know, that job was incredible because although I got hired into the shipping department, it was it was like, uh, it was <clears throat> it was the most boring job I have ever ever had, and I was like going completely insane because I was in the shipping department. All I did was put stuff in box, move the box, put stuff in box, move the box for like eight hours a day, standing in front of this table, put stuff in box, move box. I was going insane. I tried to get out of there. I said, see, I don't have a p- I, I told you I didn't have a piece about this. I'm going insane here. But within six months, another job opened up in the com- company for me to go work in, a, in, a, you know, in the uh, research and development lab. And they taught me to be a technician. And I learned stuff that, that um, you know, was more along, you know, my um gifts and and uh it it was just absolutely incredible that job that i had no peace about was definitely a god from a job from god and that god opened the doors and and then we went to bible school and they allowed me to work part-time and then the things i learned when we moved out from from california to rhode island uh uh uh, when I was actually in Connecticut for, Connecticut for a while, I, I got a job using those very same skills, and they also gave me a whole bunch of freedom when I moved back to Rhode Island to, to plant and start the church and all the rest of it. You kind of get the, the message there? Don't just go by what you feel or what you think. Ser- sincerely pray and say, God, maybe this is what you want to do. I'm not totally on board with it, but if that's what you want, I will at least, at least... Knock on the door. And sometimes we'll be surprised by what God wants to do. I have a total peace that that was the right move back then. Now I have the total peace now. I just know it. There's like no question at all. What if we don't have the peace of God? We need to pray again and keep praying. What I have found through the years is that sometimes, sometimes it means wait. When you think and you're not sure, sometimes you need to keep praying and wait until you have it, until you kind of know and you, you get the sense from God. Like I said, we can't trust ourselves. We need Him. We need Him as the umpire. We can't trust our own feelings. It's, it's so often, I, I don't know that it, I don't know that he even equals our own feelings much at all. I think sometimes he allows our feelings to kind of get on board with what his peace is and what his direction is. But be very, very careful about using your own feelings as the guide. It doesn't Peace doesn't equal feelings is what I'm trying to say. Which is why, as I said, let's turn back to uh, Colossians, why, as I said, it's connected to verse 16. We're not going to study this today, but verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, it's connected to the word of God. If we, if, you know, if we don't ha- know what God's word is saying, how are we going to know? How are we going to have any discernment? That's where the discernment comes from, from being uh, people of this book of Following God's word, knowing His word. John Corson said, "The Word of God is the final authority, and, and that is true. The word of God is the final authority, not what I feel, because there is false peace. There is false peace that says, "Yeah, go ahead and, and go ahead and do that." But Jeremiah. Said the heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? And Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to what? Death. Oh, I got a piece about doing this. Where'd you get that piece? Not wrong to question that. Is it from God or is it from me? Sometimes even through discipline, God brings us peace, says in Hebrews chapter 12. Wisdom that comes from heaven, says in James, is first of all pure and then peace-loving, peaceable. So verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and, let, and be thankful. Let his peace rule. I want to close with two passages, one in Psalm 85 and then one in Luke chapter 2. Psalm 85, turn back there, and also Luke chapter 2. And we're going to have communion together. Psalm 85 and Luke chapter 2. 85 verse 7. He says, show us Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. And he promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. to folly. Let's listen to what God has to say, what He will say. And then Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. As we're coming up to the Christmas time celebration, verse 11. <clears throat> Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. prince of peace came. He brought peace to the earth. Do we see it in, in our earth, the way people get along? No, there's never been a time without some war going on somewhere, without some kind of problem, trouble, trial. But the peace that he brings, he came and he brought it and he gave it. And he gives it to you and to me. Ephesians chapter 2 says that he is our peace. Making peace through the cross. Let's pray together and then we're going to pass out the communion. Father God, we thank you for your, your word that, that guides us, that's, that leads us. And uh, we thank you for your peace that you give to us, that you promise peace to your people. I want to pray for this gathering together today, Lord, of these, this group of people. Lord, maybe some of us are really struggling. We just don't know which way to go. I pray that you would provide that peace, that deep peace within the heart that comes from you by your spirit. I pray that you'd help us to discern between our own feelings and the peace that comes from you. I pray that our stubborn hearts, we would wave the white flag and say, you, the war is over, you have won. And we surrender to you. Maybe today that's you and you are in a place where you just need to say God I want I just want your I want your will I want your way and I want your peace in this Don't expect all the things to change but I believe he will answer you and show you Right now in the quietness of your own heart just bring it to him and tell him Speak to him pray that's what we saw pray Pray often Pray without ceasing. In Jesus' name we pray.